everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour. I'm your host, LG Harrell, and as always, my co-host is Connor. Connor, it's been way too long. We are less than a week away from Eagles football, from the NFL coming back. And I, I don't know about you, but I am super excited. I know we've gotten our fill of the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, even though the Flyers crapped the bet in Game 7. And we've got the Phillies, who are in second place in the East, so they're making a run at a playoff spot. But nothing beats the NFL and Philadelphia Eagles football. I can't wait. Connor, how you doing? I know you've had some uh, restless nights over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we we were off due to my maternity leave there for a couple weeks as I had my first kid two weeks ago today. Um, almost two weeks ago to this very minute. He was born at 517 two weeks ago. Oh, so it's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, they haven't actually been that bad. He's been pretty good at night. It's the uh, during the day. He doesn't like to nap. He doesn't like to sleep. He doesn't like to do any of that stuff. Just likes to eat <laughs> so, and stay awake and get cranky about it. Hey, at least he sleeps at night. A lot of kids don't sleep at night. So. Well, exactly. I, I feel bad for, for my girlfriend when I go back to work and she's stuck with him all day. Oh, but uh, So as long as, as, long as uh, mother and child are doing well, that's all that matters. Yeah, and, and I know I, I was talking to another American friend today and completely forgot in the U.S. you guys don't get the same maternity leave as nope. us. She's off for a year. You guys only get Wait, like, what, three months? Wait, she's off for a year? Yep. Wow, see, this is why I need to move to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't be close to the Eagles, which which is what we're talking about. So, I mean, I, I had this episode lined up where we were going to have a guest on and he was going to talk about the rookies and have a rookie expectation episode. That kind of got pushed aside. I'm hoping to bring him in midway through the season and do mm-hmm. like a early, early mock draft type thing and talk needs and, and talk college football and stuff. So hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, definitely. But I'm, I am glad. And, and now that the season is getting in the, into the, the thick of things, we're start, finally starting off Thursday with the Texans and, and the Chiefs and two newly high-paid quarterbacks in uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. But I'm glad we're able to get this in just because, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. We both have a love for football. And obviously we're going to keep it Eagle-centric, but we are going to, you know, give our divisional predictions, our playoff predictions, Super Bowl prediction, maybe maybe a couple of awards here and there. But, of course, let's start with the Philadelphia Eagles. A really different training camp, not just for the Eagles, but for the entire NFL this year. Um, no preseason game. So we didn't get to see any of the rookies. We didn't get to see Jalen Hurts, who I think is a perfect candidate for a preseason game. Like, he's the type of person that we want to see in action. We knew the steps that he made in college going from, you know, year his, his freshman year at Alabama to his sophomore year to when he transferred to Oklahoma. He took strides. Now I want to see what he looks like in an NFL game. Obviously, he's not. He's will they put a package together for him? Who knows? Um, but you don't want to take Carson, your bet, your best, you know, your best quarterback off the field. So you're not going to want to take Carson Wentz off the football field. So it'll be interesting to see the type of packages that they instill for Jalen Hurts. But he would have been, the, like I said, the pro, number one person I wanted to see in a preseason game would have been Jalen Hurts. Was he worth the number two pick? Did we make a mistake? What, what are the reasons? You know. So that is the, the big takeaway for me is just not being able to see some of these young guys. You have the young running backs, Adrian Killings, you know, like a Warren, some of the guys that they got as, as undrafted free agents. Corey Clement, Josh Adams, the last, what, three, three and four years ago, made the team because of preseason games as undrafted free agents. And you know, a lot of people are gonna, are, aren't going to have jobs because of no preseason games. 
Yeah, definitely. I completely agree because I was really excited for guys like Killens and uh, and Warren, and it's good to see them back on the practice squad. But like you said, it was a super, super unique training camp, a really different type of experience. All we could rely on were videos, short clips we were seeing from camp that, that for the media that could attend and just write-ups from the media that could attend and stuff. And we could only sit there and imagine what uh, this catch by John JJ Ortega Whiteside or or John Hightower or Jalen Reger look like or that throw from Jalen Hurts. We don't know for ourselves what the throws by Jalen Hurts look like, but mm-hmm. they sounded damn good. And right. um, there was there was a lot of positives, but I mean, like like you said, it's super unique, it's super different. We're in a situation where we don't where we more have to imagine with our minds, and then we're gonna see them on the field starting this week finally. I know I cannot wait. Uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time against the NFL or the Washington football teams. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you know, Dwayne Haskins is their starter. We'll, and we're definitely going to talk about this um, later on. But, you know, quickly looking at the, the Washington football team, um, you know, new head coach, new, new coaching staff, Ron Rivera, um, Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins is their starter. I've, I've never been a Dwayne Haskins fan. And, you know, Dwayne Haskins, he's going to have to win this job because if he doesn't and they get a top five pick, they're going to draft the Justin Fields or try to trade up for a Trevor Lawrence. This is it for him um, in terms when it comes to Washington. But let's go going back to the Eagles. What are, you know, we talked about, you didn't really see negatives from any of the um, the beat reporters that were covering the team. I, I mean, unless you, you talk about Elliot Shore Parks, who always had to throw a dig. At Carson Wentz if he made a bad pass here and there, even though, according to Elliot Shore Parks, Carson Wentz had his best passer rating since the 2017 training camp. He was like a 113 in training camp in um, 2017. He had like a 114 this year. So if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, we have a chance to, to, to see something special out of him. But from all the notes that you've gathered, all the notes from the beat reporters, what are what is something that is a major concern for you when it comes to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles heading into 2020. My major concern, it stands on the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I've been vouching for Andre Dillard all along. Yes, he went down with a season-ending injury, but the reports coming out of camp on Dillard leading up to his injury were not good. Nope. And that is an extremely important position. We drafted extremely high for that guy. And I have vouched for him. I do think he still deserved that opportunity to start and show us what he had. We did have Jason Peters, who will would have been playing right guard, who we could have swung out to left tackle again. Worst case scenario if, if the Andre Dillard experiment failed. But unfortunately, the injury overtook him. And I think this year, especially, the depth at the offensive line is way lighter than what we're mm-hmm. used to because of the some of those big guys, those guys that we built up from year one, year two, uh, got signed like Halibuli Vati Vaitai and stuff. And then Brandon Brooks injured, Jason Peters left and came back. The, the depth, and now Dillard injured, like the depth is very, very thin and it's starting to show. And if I were to pick a position of concern coming out of training camp, it would definitely be along that offensive line, the entirety of the offensive line, because we're so thin that losing a guy like Lane Johnson or a guy like Jason Kelsey could spell a complete disaster for this yeah. team. And you're, you mentioned Lane Johnson. He hasn't practiced in like two weeks. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's going to be very important to, to get him back on the field this week. 
the the defensive line for Washington is no joke. Chase no. Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Deron Payne, um, uh, Al, um, Allen, Montez you know, Sweat, Montez. They have a legit front line, all first round picks. So this is going to be the Eagles' offensive line is getting tested right away. And you, you talked about the depth. You're right. Like as much as we were annoyed at Halapulivati Vitai, you know he was he was on he was a starter for the Super Bowl team after Peters got hurt. We all know that Peters bows out of games. If he he's going to start week one at left tackle, who's going to be the, his backup? It's almost it's it's inevitable that he's going to come out. Are you going to put Matt Pryor's probably going to be at right guard, so you wouldn't move him? Is it going to be Jordan Mailata? I don't know. Is it going to be Jack Driscoll? Are they going to bring in a Cordy Glenn because they do have a, a, a roster spot open right now? Will they bring in and, and, and they only have eight offensive linemen, if I'm not mistaken. So will they bring in a Cordy Glenn to provide the veteran depth along that offensive line? So, I mean, I am very worried. And, and you mentioned, like, you think about it. Ever since we've been Eagles fans, like, uh, under the Andy Reid era, you know, the one thing that Andy Reid prioritized, Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson prioritized, is along the lines. And they have done a great job of building the lines. But this is like the first year in a long time that I'm really concerned because who the heck knows, you know, what's going to happen because it's all rookies. You know, it's not all rookies, but it's Jordan Mailata who didn't see a football field until three years ago. Um, it's Jack Driscoll, who's a rookie. Um, Nate Herbig, who we, who we haven't seen on the field ever you know, in a meaningful, on a meaningful snap, like this is really important for this offensive line to stay healthy and not allow anything to happen to the franchise. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you there. I mean, it's not to say that we won't develop the line because we have tremendous coaches who are awesome at developing these offensive linemen. And that's why we end up having to let go of those second tier pieces for us who move on to be tier one pieces elsewhere. Like Vitae Mm -hmm. did. Um, So it's not to say that I don't have confidence, but I don't have the confidence that I usually have based on the names that based on names behind the starters and based on injuries that are currently affecting that Mm -hmm. the uh, offensive line. So, yeah, it's definitely a position of concern, but it's not a position that I'm going to overreact to yet or an area that I'm going to overreact to quite yet. But another injury could see that overreaction really start to happen. Yeah, my only thing when it comes to the offensive line is we've heard rumblings of Jason Kelsey wanting to retire every year for the last, what, two or three years. So, like, the chances of this being Kelsey's last year are really strong, and they don't really have anybody. Like, say Amalu, potentially, but he's the starting left guard right now. Um, Jack Driscoll has practice that tackle guard center. So like he's getting the reps, but that's training camp. You don't go full speed at training camp. So that, I mean, that, that's a big, that is a concern for me. Now looking at the 53 man roster, we've, we've really touched on the offensive line. Another you know position that I want to touch on is the, the corners. They've really overhauled this cornerback position over the last, um, from the last couple of years. When you're letting go a second round pick in Sidney Jones, a fourth round pick in Rasul Douglas, um, you know, you're, you're making, you're trading draft picks for Darius Slay, who has a chance to be one of the better corners in the league. Um, Avante Maddox, who they, they're really strong on. I'm still iffy about him being an outside corner, but he doesn't have to follow the number one receiver. That'll be Darius Slay. You know, Nickel, uh, Roby Coleman, I really like, um, in the slot along with Craven LeBlanc, like the Eagles have overhauled this cornerback positions. Again, Craig James, they gave a, a contract extension to. So 
I'm intrigued to see what this cornerback situation looks like, especially with the receivers that the Eagles are going to be going up. Terry McLaurin week one, um, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods week two. Dallas has that trio who you think is going to all have a thousand yards in Amari Cooper, uh, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. So this is really, uh, it's going to be a really you know, big test early on and every week for this Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we overhauled it majorly, but I am that's one of my more confident positions when it's actually been our Achilles heel for the last four or five years. So I'm really impressed with what they've done, and I'm really happy with what Howie did, and and Jim Schwartz probably had some say in it too. I mean, at the end of the day, the Rasul Douglas and the Sidney Jones releases came as a shock to me but mm-hmm. year over year we've talked about quantity over quality and finally we have quality which means we don't need the quantity um and so i mean they came as surprises and do i want to see them succeed elsewhere man will they you want to you want to see russell douglas i, know I you do want to see i do i do want to see russell douglas <laughs> succeed elsewhere because i love the guy um i do think they'll succeed elsewhere if given the right opportunity but neither of them were cb1s and we constantly put them in the position to be that we wanted to see them emerge into cb1s um russell douglas like you've said over and over again should move to safety um so maybe the maybe the panthers make that move um you never know it, it's tough to say what's going to happen uh for those two and obviously we wish them the best um but it hurts to see those draft picks go to waste um and have them move again uh this is very much a, te- a testament to uh the frustration that everyone has in howie and how he's been drafting in recent drafts um we've seen we saw a second a third and a fourth rounder all get cut the same day mm-hmm. um and those are we know those are some valuable picks that are being thrown away when we talk about depth on the offensive line, Jason Kelsey retiring soon and stuff like that. Those could be picks that could have been used there. Our wide receiving position that's been pretty rugged for the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, for the first time, we have two cornerbacks uh, who are in PFF's top 20 cornerbacks, and I don't put a whole lot into PFF, but we never have that type of luxury or any type of luxury to say we have good cornerbacks. Um, so Darius Slay, uh, Darius Slay will be really interesting. Um, and I can't wait to see him in that midnight green and Nicol Roby Coleman is going to be incredible. I think I've heard nothing slot. but good things about him too. And, and him yep. in the slot, one of the better and same slot with James too. Like today, Jim Schwartz uh, was talking to the media, I think it was today and he could not stop saying good things about Craig James. And then Craven LeBlanc, they were saying he's not just the slot guy that we all Mm -hmm. think he is that nickel cornerback. He can play wherever we need him to play. So I'm excited to see that we're moving away from that quantity and we're actually taking the quality and moving the quantity to other positions that we may need to address, like the wide receiver position where we took, uh, where we kept eight, I think, guys, and the defensive end position where we kept six guys. You can move that quantity over to positions where you need to where you need to start reevaluating what yeah. you got at those positions. And the one thing I, I'm, you were talking about Howie Roseman and his drafting ability. I think the every rookie minus Prince who got who Prince I'm not even going to attempt to say his, <laughs> his name who who ended on the practice squad made the roster. Like Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, um, Davion Taylor, Kevon Wallace, who we both think is going to be a steal and he's going to be playing a lot early on with Will, Will Parks out at least three weeks. Um, Sean Bradley, Jack Driscoll, like these guys 
for the first time where the Eagles didn't have just five draft picks, they had what ten, I think, this year. All, yep. all but all but Prince made the team. So the ones, the two things that the Eagles wanted to do, they wanted to get faster and they wanted to get younger. I think they they solved that. Um, you know, John Hightower and Quez Watkins, who I didn't also, who I also didn't mention, but they're you know they made the roster. They're fast and hearing great things about John Hightower. Um, mm-hmm. And Younger, you know, last year they, they entered the year as the second or third oldest team in the NFL, I believe. You know, this year they're in the middle of the pack, if I'm not mistaken. So they did that. They did a good job. And with the cap hell that the Eagles are going to be in over the next couple of years, they need to hit on draft picks because draft picks are cheap. And if you can hit on draft picks, you don't have to go and overpay for somebody at a, at a, at a position of need. And that'll help you down the road. And, we, and you talk about it time and time again. You know, how he's been kicking that bucket, kicking that, you know, salary cap problem down the road. It's hit him. It's coming. And with this pandemic and with the possibility of the the, the, the salary cap possibly going down next year, he's going to have to find a way to keep this team together while keeping it competitive. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was just I saw someone post on Twitter the other day about the salary cap situation. I think we're eighty two million dollars in the hole next year and currently Seriously? only roll. Currently rolling over 19 million. So that's well, I thought it was at 50. Not, what happened? Well, I think they were. I think when people talk about that, they include the rollover into it. But the okay. reality of the situation is when you look at it, it's a bigger piece now, of the pie that's actually. That, and that, that assumes no salary cap increase because I think they just agreed a short while back, uh, the NFLPA and the NFL, to not increase the salary cap next okay, so, season. So if I'm not based, mistaken, was that based on what the salary cap currently is, or if like they roll it back a little bit? I so think like, it's ba- I think it's based on what it is now because I think uh, they agreed they weren't going to roll it back, but they weren't going to increase. I think it's going to uh, stay at what are we 190 million dollars or like something I'm, along I'm, those lines. I am definitely worried about next year when it comes to the salary cap and you know, and like I get it, I get people talk about how he is this genius. But really, there's a reason that other teams don't incorporate the same things as Howie. Because yeah. if you look, Howie has done the same thing for, what is it, probably four or five years now. And mm-hmm. you knew the snowball was going to turn into this complete avalanche soon enough. And now we're there. And now we can sit there and say, thank God he got uh, Carson Wentz on lock with all these big extensions the quarterbacks coming. But let's remember, there are other big extensions still to be handed out, and there are a lot of high, really bad contracts on the books for next year. And even the next year, I think we're only like $30 over, and that's before he starts doing any work. So when you think about it, it's I I mean, I respect Howie. I think he's really smart, but there's only so smart you can be with the cap before the cap catches up to you. And I think that's what has happened. We we thought about this genius and Howie. And all he was doing was kicking the can down the road. And now here we are. He's still the manager. The team's still doing well, but we're about to hit a major wall. Yeah, we are. All right. So what, um, who on the roster or who, who on the team that made it that you were shocked that did make it, um, or who didn't make it and you thought should have been on the team. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was kind of, I was surprised by the Douglas and Jones one, but like I kind of alluded to not fully surprised one person I was actually the main one I was surprised by and for cap implications, I understand it makes sense to keep him this year and cut him next year because we save a lot more is Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm surprised he, I'm surprised he was on, he's on the active roster. Like they, 
how, uh, how he talked today, and not to cut you off, I apologize. How mm. he talked today, and he had nothing but glaring. Now, this could just be his management talking, trying to talk him up. So another team calls him and says, well, we'll take Alshon off your hands. But he's saying Alshon's in great shape. And they're expect like, if he was to be put on pup, you know, he would have missed the first six games. They're, they think he's going to play. And can you just, you picture it. You, you could have a healthy Deshaun Jackson. Jalen Rager should be healthy by week two. You have a healthy Alshon Jeffrey by week, say, four, um, with J.J., with the tight ends. If, you know, with, with Miles Sanders, if the offensive line can block, you know, th- this offense is going to put up numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's if everybody can stay healthy, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I think Alshon is here to stay. And I, I get why you're surprised because all the talk was, yeah, he's, go- he's going to be gone. They're, they're looking to trade him. But, mm-hmm. And you know, who knows his feelings towards Carson Wentz? even though they've squashed it apparently. But this offense has a chance to be legit to where they might not have, you know, three 1,000-yard receivers, but they could have five guys with 800-plus yards. I can guarantee you we will have a wide receiver over 500 yards this year. (laughs) That, I think, is almost a gimme right now at this point. Oh, yeah. If we don't have a receiver without 500 yards, there's something totally wrong. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, for me, it was still Jeffrey because, like – it doesn't. I know your hate for Nate Geary, and I know that there's certain other guys you want to hate, and like Jordan Mailata, why is he on the team? We've put invested so much in him over the past three years that you might as well roster him now and see if we can turn him into a Vitae and turn him into maybe someone that we trade away or get something back for uh, this year once we put him on a football field. Um, but I think Jordan Mailata made it due in large part to the fact that there was no preseason to mm-hmm. kind of out the the potential issues that there are in his game so they just decided to keep him instead of IR and him like they did the last couple seasons mm-hmm. um but I mean otherwise I nothing surprised me you knew they were going to keep the majority of those draft picks on roster mm-hmm. you knew the majority like a couple of things that surprised me was that they didn't bring on a third tight end and that they well, went so late at running back but then they brought Huntley in which made it four but the size of running backs too yeah. It's really, it's all about speed in that backfield because none of them are very big at all, but all of them provide great upside if you want to move them out out as receivers. They provide great upside as a check down for Carson Wentz, and they have tremendous speed, but they don't size they don't have that goal line thing. Like unless you're going to put Dallas Goddard in the back or Jordan Mailata to drive the pile uh, when you're one yard from the goal line, I don't. I'd feel I have a hard time believing they get in. And, yeah, one of the things about the tight end, the new with the new practice squad rules, you can call somebody up from the practice squad. So I'm sure whoever, whatever tight end they have on the practice squad, and I know that they brought in Richard Rogers, um, and I forget who they have because they want it. Um, that guy that I forget they cut somebody and they thought he was yeah, no waivers, but the Colts, two, two yeah, him, yeah, or something. Yeah, the, the Colts picked him up because Trey Burton got hurt, so it'll be interesting. And and yeah, they can't afford to go two tight have two tight ends like they did in Atlanta last year, and then have something happen to one, and then Zach Ertz is playing 100% of the snaps because we know how much the Eagles like to go um, the two tight end set. But, I mean, then maybe you use a receiver there like a J.J. or, or something like that. Who knows? Um, for me, a surprise, they kept both Marcus Epps and Rudy Ford. Now, I get, obviously, special teams is very, very important. So I get it. But I thought maybe you could have gotten – because you have Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills, Kevon Wallace, Will Parks. Yeah, he's out for the first – 
three games, and then those two. You have five safeties right now. Uh, I, I thought maybe one of them would have would have um, gotten released and kept at another premium position. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of the only – but it's so hard when we talk about it with this pandemic, no preseason games. Um, you don't have film of anybody. Like, you're, you're kind of going off gut feeling at this point. Also, Jannard Avery. I think they only kept him because they gave they traded away a fourth round pick for him. So they need him to succeed. They mm-hmm. need him to make plays. And and the, with the lack of depth at the, the defensive end position, you know, we have Brandon Graham a lot, who we both admire, we both like a lot. Derek Barnett's been hurt. He, he this is his, he needs to show something this year. If he doesn't show something this year, he's gone. Um, behind them too, you know, you we we have um, Josh Casey Sweat, Tuh- Casey Tuhill, Casey Tuhill, Vinny Curry, like Vinny Curry. I'm not impressed with that group one bit. While our defensive tackles are awesome, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, if he can get healthy, Malik Jackson, and probably move Jackson or Hargrave out the end every once in a while. The defensive ends are going to have to make plays and they have to find a way. The Eagles, you know, I know that they don't have the money and they, they weren't able to make any moves, but they needed to find a way to, to bring somebody in that can make an impact at the defensive end position. Yeah, definitely. I, I thought for sure like there was potentially an opportunity there with Jadavion Clowney. Um, and I mean, but now that you see what he went for with the $15 million price tag, you see why, how he couldn't mm-hmm. head in that direction. Um, I mean, the defensive end position is frustrating, but I think it's fully relying on the fact that they invested at the defensive tackle position. And they're hoping that the tackles can wreak enough havoc and create enough pressure that the ends even if they are weaker, are able to make something out of nothing. So I think that that's the main thing is their investment in Javon Hargrave speaks to we want our tackles to create the pressure and then the ends will get around the end and get the pressure in the back. But it's about creating havoc in the middle and then the pressure coming from the sides is what it seems to be seems to be the mentality that they're hoping with uh, the Javon Hargrave sign and Malik Jackson hopefully being back and healthy and Fletcher mm-hmm. Cox. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move to the injury concerns. We have changed our um, staff training staff. I don't know how many times, and these injuries still happen. Is it? I'm starting to think, and we, me and you have talked about this, sending, you know, texting back and forth. Is it something that Doug Peterson is doing? Is it something with the camps that he's running, the way he's running practice? And maybe we need to not look at the, um, the, the training staff because this is happening year after year after year. And I'm flabbergasted at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to just pass blame over to the training staff. But, I mean, we've had the the fantasy football doctor, Edwin Porras, on a couple times to to chat. If you haven't checked out those episodes, definitely go back and check them out. But he he even talks about it and how it's hard to just pass blame to, to mm-hmm. these guys because their job is just to stretch you out, to make sure you're doing everything that you can to stay in shape and to be conditioned and to make sure that you're not going to get hurt. But they can't stop you from getting hurt. And that's where we're at now is it's so easy. Everyone like the, the as soon as the first couple of injuries came out and in the news, people automatically took to Twitter. Oh, we need another training staff. We need another mm-hmm. training staff. I think this situation definitely runs deeper than a training staff. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we've turned them over the last two straight seasons. We've had brand new, almost top to bottom training staffs. 
and you can't continue to blame them because they're not the ones who go out there and make that cut with their legs or that juke that tears the ACL. They don't they don't come in at a shape or they don't come in uh, not conditioned and prepared for this. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the players. Maybe it is the way that they run the camp. Maybe it is because you notice in all the other teams, you get a couple little injuries. One major injury usually happens to almost everybody. Um, but us, it seems to be constantly major injuries. Um, but from my perspective as well, the whole idea of these people week to week, I think is solely for the fact that they just don't want to take the risk. Mm-hmm. There's no training. Can't, there's no, there's no like reason Carson for them to be there. Yeah. Like Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders. Why were you, you're touting Miles Sanders as this bell cow back. Why, if there's any inclination of risk and further injury, would you put that guy in? Maybe all it is is just a tweak to the knee and he was good to go the next day. And they said, no, Miles, you're at bell cow. You're going to be running this ball 250 times and you're going to catch the ball for us over 50 times. You're going to pay, play 80% of snaps. Why would you take that risk? Same with yeah. Carson Wentz. He's going to be on the field for 100% of your offensive snaps. Hopefully. Why take the risk? Yeah, hopefully. Like a lot of the Jalen Rager, we know was actually an, an injury, a potential a dislocation or toy and labrum, something, uh, something along those lines. Um, so there are some injuries that were actually like urgent injuries that, that like Will Parks, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, but like Javon Hargrave and stuff, I think they just didn't want to injure to further the injury because of the importance of some of these players to the offense. Yeah, I hope so because like Malik Jackson barely ever got hurt and comes here last year, plays a game, and he's out for the year pretty much. Javon Hargrave, they give a big contract to. Um, I don't think he got hurt much in Pittsburgh. And again, he's hurt to the extent we really don't know. Um, Jalen Rager, shoulder injury. And then on Twitter, I'm seeing all these former Eagles. Like, I'll, I'll go. Um, Earl Wolf was talking about on Twitter when he saw the report that Rager didn't need surgery, um, but he would be out for a couple of weeks. He was like, yeah, they told me I didn't need surgery either, but I was out for the entire year when he, had, when he was injured. So, like, who knows what the heck is going on. But hopefully they find a way to, to, to get healthy. Which injury – do you think is the most cause for concern? Um, for me, I think the biggest cause for concern is probably the Javon Hargrave injury, mm-hmm. mostly for what we talked about earlier. Javon Hargraves was early on, and then they immediately put the week-to-week tag, like mm-hmm. instantly week-to-week tag. So that's the only one that gets me thinking, okay, this isn't your traditional like, we're just going to sit you out. There's something of concern there with Javon Hargrave. And we just talked about how important those tackles are going to be to mm-hmm. allowing the ends to create pressure and to having the pocket collapse quick so that the cornerback safeties, linebackers can get all set and make and make it so that no play happens. Um, so those defensive tackles are probably the key cornerstone centerpiece of the defense and we've seen it year over year with Jim Schwartz so I think the most concern was one is probably Javon Hargrave because I see Jalen Weger probably playing we've seen Alshon Jeffrey play with a torn labrum if it's that if it's a shoulder dislocation then it's definitely something that they can come back from so I mean we've seen it before um with the the injuries to the shoulders where they're able to play through it and they can come back but it's a long off season for them and getting back to health um, but Javon Hargrave, that one was concerning because it happened so quickly, mm-hmm. and they were so quick to put that tag of length of time on it. 
Mine, I'm going to go with Will Parks, and it's only because he had has a huge role in this defense. Like, he's going to be playing the slot. He's going to be kind of like the in-the-box in safety. Uh, he was going to be all over the field for the Eagles defense. Uh, and, you know, I, I was excited to see what he would be able to do. Now, I know he's only gonna, he's potentially only going to be out three weeks, but still, I, I was excited just to see what, you know, his attitude, tenacity that he was going to be able to bring um, to the to the field. So, that, I mean, that one bothers me. And obviously, Derek Burnett, because he seems to be always hurt. Um, and being as though you know, they picked up his, um, his option, he's definitely going to have to make plays. Um, being a starting defensive end, he's important. I, I, there's nothing else to say, but he's important to this, to the, to the defense. Somebody's got to get to the quarterback. They're gonna yeah, I mean, it goes, it goes, Go it goes without saying the importance of, of the trenches in Philadelphia, offensive line, defensive line. And it's clearly been a focal point of our discussion this episode. And that's why, because if you don't succeed in the trenches in Philadelphia, our teams generally have the don't succeed when our defensive tackles and ends are all beat up and injured we tend to give up a lot of points and we tend to give up a lot of yards because they don't create the pressure. They don't create, close the pocket quick enough and the cornerbacks aren't able to make their play quick enough or the safeties can't see the play quick enough or the mm -hmm. linebackers, same thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it goes without saying how important the trenches are in any type of injury in that area is extremely concerning. Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, that has me worried, obviously. All right. So let's move to our, um, predictions uh we're gonna go we did it last year um you know you were high on the buffalo bills last year they did make the playoffs and had a two-score lead if i'm not mistaken over houston before blowing it um so so that was kind of your your big um so let's how do you want to do this connor do we want to go division by division or just give our playoff our division winners and our wild card teams before we yeah i, I say we just do the uh the division winners right roll through the four division winners All and right. then the three wild card teams because we get three wild card teams this year that is true. We do get seven. All right. So this is what we're going to do. We'll, we'll, we'll give our winner in the division and then we'll just give like maybe a quick 15, 20 second. All right. So let's start in the AFC West, the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. I Got think this home. one's too obvious. Yeah, too obvious. Um, so, I mean, we're both going to go with the Chiefs, I believe. I don't know if there's any explanation that needs to be made when it comes to that. Definitely no further explanation <laughs> necessary. Patty Mahomes is all you need. To, Patty Mahomes and Andy Reid are the two names. That's it. I have Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team, so I need him to go off. Uh, let's move to the AFC North, the division the Eagles will be playing this year. Um, the defending league MVP, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens, who had, uh, were the number one seed in the AFC last year, but fell to the Titans in the divisional round. I think... Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I I just I love that that team. They're they're no nonsense. You know, with uh, J John Harbaugh as their head coach. I almost I always get him and him and his brother confused um, in terms of name wise. But John Harbaugh, you know, I love the, the the tenacity, that tough, hard nosed defense, and they don't play that regular offense. They, they go to Lamar Jackson's um, strengths, and it's tough to defend them when he's on. 
Yeah, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens as well. Um, and this was definitely a no-brainer. I don't even think that, like, I have the Steelers later on. I do have them being a wildcard team. But I don't think that anyone's going to touch the Ravens in that division. I'm not falling for the the Cleveland Browns again. I'm not falling for it. And as long as Big Ben's healthy, the Steelers are going to throw yeah. mm, throw up points like you wouldn't believe it like they have before. Yeah, um, so the Ravens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so the Ravens definitely for me because, like, they like you said Lamar Jackson and whether he continues to go on the ground or whether he goes to the air it doesn't even matter that team is just Harbaugh's so smart Harbaugh yeah. builds that def- that offense and that defense is strong I think that defense is even better this year and that defense was impressive last yeah, year Patrick so, yeah. in the middle um they traded mm-hmm. for Calais Campbell they're, they're gonna mm-hmm. be really fun they have um J- uh they brought Jimmy Smith back I think um yep. They have Marcus Peters. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be – even though they got rid of Earl Thomas, they're still going to be really fun. Um, in the mm-hmm. AFC East, I'm going to – believe it or not, I'm going with the Patriots. I think Cam – like, nobody, everybody, now that Tom Brady's gone, it's not the Brady and Belichick era anymore. Their weapons are lacking a little bit. Um, I felt like half their team decided to opt out this year. Their best defensive player in Dwight Howard, Hightower did. Um, but I think Cam Newton's going to be on a mission. And I, I, I think the Patriots are going to win the division again for like the 50 millionth time in a row. Yeah, listen, I got, I got, Cam Newton's got a lot to play for. He's got a lot to prove, and he's got the probably one of the best coaches in the league to really exploit that. And, uh, but I got the Buffalo Bills this year, man. I can, I, there's too You're many holes. There's too many holes for the Patriots now with the opt outs and then the defensive players who left in mm-hmm. free agency. There's just so many holes. That defense is good, but not the same as they were last year. Not that team that's going to, you can put in in fantasy and they're out scoring running backs, wide receivers, left, right, and center. Um, but the Buffalo Bills, the, the defense stays very similar. The offense stays similar. But you add on a guy like Zach Moss and you add on a guy like Stephon Diggs. And they're, they they're going to be Josh good. Just, yeah, and they still got Josh Allen. He may not be accurate. He may not be sexy, but he gets the job done. And I think in that division, it's pretty wide open between the Bills and the Patriots. But I think the Bills can win a couple more games. They can get that extra game it's, it's, it up is on the, the first, pass. It is the first time in forever that this is, man, besides that year that Tom Brady got hurt, um, this is the first time in forever that the AFC East is going to be wide open. And then Definitely. to the AFC South. Deshaun Watson just got paid a lot of money, but they yeah this this would be the toughest one to pick I think. Um, they gave uh, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. I'm going to go with Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts, mainly because that coaching staff he's finally got an offensive line. He's finally got a coach that's going to help him out, and I think we're going to get to see. And I'm not going to say he's going to win the MVP, but he's going to put up a he's going to put up some big numbers I think with T.Y. Hilton in that offense. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Oh, man, I was, I was thinking that we'd be a bit more different on this one, but I got the Colts, too, and I think people are kind of underrating the Colts. I, I see a lot of people saying, ah, oh, they're going to be 8-8, eight and 7-9. Eight, and nine. They got a solid defense, and like you said, they got one of the best offensive lines in the league. Phillip Rivers is going to be well-protected. He's got three quality backs uh, and Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack, and Naheem Hines, and we know how much he loves to use running backs. He's got good tight ends. He's got Jack Doyle. Uh, well, they had Trey Burton. So he's got Jack Doyle, who's a re- pretty quality tight end, who's been kind of overshadowed by Eric Ebron. And they also have some solid young receivers and some good weapons. They've really complemented Philip Rivers really well with speed. 
um, and check down options and tight ends and those big contested catch guys. They've really complimented him well there. And the defense, I think, is only going to get better. Yeah, definitely. All right. So my my three wildcard teams in the AFC are going to be the Buffalo Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm mm. going with the Raiders. And that mean, I means I'm leaving out the Titans who went to the AFC championship game. Um, and they just picked up Jadavion Clowney. So, like, they're going to be a good team. But my my big surprise there is going to be the Raiders. I think the Raiders are going to surprise some people and uh, get, just get enough wins to sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, mine are the uh, – I got the Pats, the Steelers, and the Titans. I, I, went, the, I went the generic safe route on this one because <laughs> I do think it is going to be pretty generic in the AFC, and I do think it's going to be a pretty safe way to go. And I've, I have a couple buddies who are Raiders fans, and I continuously say it that I think that the Broncos will be better than the Raiders. I think the really? second-best team in that division is going to be the Broncos. I don't, I don't, trust, I don't trust Drew Locke. There's a lot of people saying that, but I mean, he's got the weapons, man. If there's any way to succeed, they gave him so many weapons. They gave him so much to work with. And that defense is, that defense is no, I don't think that defense is a joke, man. That's not a joke of a defense. That's not one that you should just, uh, that you can take too kindly. I think it'll be a really good division to watch. Really tough division. Probably one of the better divisions in the league, just like the NFC West, which we're going to start with when it comes to the NFC. Seattle, you have the Niners who went to the Super Bowl last year, the Cardinals who making moves, um, signing DeAndre Hopkins to that two-year $54 or $55 million, whatever it was, uh, contract extension. And the Rams, who we need to beat Dallas Sunday night. So we're going to be a big Rams fan this week. But I'm going to take the Niners. But yeah, I'll take the Niners to win the division again. Um, I don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're loaded. I mean, yeah, they have injuries to some receivers. But that team is just really good, and they don't really rely on the passing game all that much. So I'm going to go with the Niners to win the division. And I'm going with the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are going to come out this year, and they're going to be really good. They don't rely a ton on the passing game either, but they do have far superior weapons in in Lockett and uh, Metcalf and uh, – for receiving options and then you brought in greg olson you already have hollister Uh and in the backfield you got carson and you got hyde hyde is it's such an underrated piece people are so underrated in that guy i think i looked up a stat the other day because it was in defense of leonard Fournette. since leonard Fournette came into the league three years ago there's only eight eight running backs with i think it was 2500 yards 100 plus targets and 15 touchdowns and Carlos Hyde is one of them. I just think he's severely underrated and and for a team that doesn't go to the air that much, Wilson Hyde and Carson, that is a scary three people, three-headed monster in the back coming at you. Yeah, it's definitely going to be I I'm a big Seahawks fan. I just think the Niners are going to be better off. Let's go to the NFC South. The Buccaneers are this year's uh glamour team. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, LaShawn McCoy, along with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. like People expect them to put up a lot of points. Drew Brees back in the, with the Saints. They got Emmanuel Sanders to go along with Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara is about to get a big deal. Um, so, you know, that offense is going to be flying high. Um, Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater and the new coaching staff led by Matt Rule. And then the team am I missing? How am I missing a team? Saints. Saints, Saints Bucks, Bucks, 
Panthers. Panthers and oh man, this wow, is just... I, this is sad. Yeah, this this is embarrassing. Very embarrassing. I we should we should have been we should have come prepared for this. Well, if we can't remember who it is, they're probably not winning the division. <laughs> there, there's oh, a good there's, I'm there's gonna... a good good chance wow. good chance. This is this is really embarrassing. But I'm Falcons go... Falcons. Oh my God, thank you, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. How did we forget that? The Falcons. All right. I'm going to my division winner will be the Saints. I think the Saints are going to – the Saints have gotten so unlucky the last couple of years just the way they've lost in the playoffs. So maybe this will be their year. Who knows? But the Buccaneers, I think, you know, while they, they're probably going to make the playoffs since they're seven, they'll probably make it as a wild card. I just think the Saints are just more – with more continuity and this probably being Drew Brees', Drew Brees last year. They're all out. They're going to be all in this year. So I'm going to go with the Saints. 100%. I completely agree with the Saints, and it's almost solely for the fact of continuity. The fact that you think, the fact that there's some people who think the Bucks are going to come out and just run the league wild right away without some bumps in the road for the first four to six weeks, because, you know, you have no training camp and stuff. And even after four weeks of training camp, teams come out with hitting some bumps and some holes in the road mm-hmm. and having some issues. So if you think that without a training camp, that this team's just going to come and run them wild, um, yeah, they, that, that's not true i i don't see the bucks like this 11 and 5 12 and 14 like some people peg them at and yeah. i like the saints defense more than the bucks yep and it's going to come down to who plays better defense in that division uh next division we're going to the nfc north the vikings trading for yannick and gawkway uh, that hurt as an eagles fan uh green bay aaron Rodgers, second year under matt lafleur um thought that they would get some help with the first round draft pick and they get jordan love um who else is in that position? I am struggling today. I have no idea why. Oh, the Packers, Bears. Lions, Bears. Nick Trubisky beating out Nick Foles for the starting starting quarterback position. We'll see how long that lasts. And the Lions, who get a healthy Matt Stafford. And, you know, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. Um, they picked up Adrian Peterson, who has a chance to probably play a lot early on. So that'll, that'll definitely be interesting. I'm going to go with the vikings i'm not too confident about that but i'll go with the vikings i can i I can hear that i can hear that (laughs) yeah i know they traded stefan diggs they got i'm not a big fan of justin jefferson i like i like adam adam feeling i like dalvin cook he was my first round pick in fantasy so hopefully he plays and doesn't let the contract affect him um but that defense i think is probably going to be the best defense in the division even with well be up there with the bears because the bears we know the bears have a really good defense um but i just think that they're going to be able to score more have more consistency on the offense, and that's why the Vikings are going to win the division. And I remember last year when we looked at this division, and I was so high on the Green Bay Packers. And and despite what they did, despite the crazy wins, they were that they like one of the worst out, thirteen and three teams ever. They they definitely were, and <laughs> I am going with the Vikings again because I am disgusted in how painful it was to watch the Packers limp to 13 and three and I think it's rare to have to say that mm-hmm. and they did nothing they did not mm-hmm. they lost a guy they lost Blake Martinez they gave no more weapons to Aaron Rodgers who's been crying for a wide receiver too forever now um they went and picked up AJ Dillon they went and picked up the eventual replacement uh for for Aaron Rodgers in um Jordan Love 
Um, they they almost did nothing. It's painful. They they're still gonna have a decent defense, but that losing that Martinez, Blake Martinez in the middle is a big hole to fill. Um, that they didn't really do a whole lot of filling to. Um, but the Vikings, like you said, best defense, and they have continuity there as well. Probably the probably one of the more reliable quarterbacks, not in prime time, but probably one of the more reliable quarterbacks to go without a preseason with. So Vikings for me there too. All right, and then the NFC East, going with the Eagles. The Eagles won the division last year with practice squad players at receiver, and they're faster this year, presumably going to be healthier as we go into the season and go down the stretch of the season. Um, yeah, Dallas had Dallas had the number one offense last year in football. They went 8-8. Eight eight. Dak Prescott put up all his numbers against in, in, in garbage time against bad teams. I don't think he can beat good teams. So Dak Prescott is going. There's a reason why they've paid Amari Cooper. They've played Zeke Elliott before they're paying um, Dak Prescott. They don't trust him, and he can't be trusted. I'm actually in agreement with, with them on that. So I'm, I'm going to take the Eagles to win the division. You know, they're going to win it with a 9-7, and 10-6 type of record, but they're going to win the division. Yeah, I agree. I think the Eagles are going to win it with a nine and seven record, probably, and the Cowboys will end up eight and eight. I listen. I completely agree. And now I'm, I, we love Cowboys hate, but we have to attempt to be kind of unbiased in this situation. They lost a lot of pieces in that defense uh-huh. that were replaced with rookies. You don't replace Byron Jones with Trayvon Diggs. That just ain't happening. Byron Jones is a scary, a bad man. He was a scary man. People don't throw to him for a reason. And having Trayvon Diggs as his replacement is nothing. They didn't address the safety position. They They might still sign Earl Thomas, though. They may still, but beyond the point. Um, Their offensive line definitely doesn't look as good. Their Mm -hmm. defensive line doesn't look as good. There's a lot that doesn't look as good. The only thing that looks good is the weapons for Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott are the only things that look the same, that look like they could succeed and have some semblance of, of winning. But... I say they're going to have three 1,000-year receivers because they're going to have to put up 50 points a game because people are going to be scoring 50 points on them, 49 or 51 and lot, on and them. And people were talking about their defensive line, but, you know, Tank Lawrence, I'm not really – like, he got his first sack against Lane Johnson last year, and I don't I, I don't think he really shows up all that too, all that often. Um, you know, they got Don Terry Poe. He's, he's a good player. Um, they lost the other D tackle, Gerald McCoy, who got injured um, and towards uh, what is meniscus or ACL. So he's out. Like they have names, but again, you're right. If 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 they're not able to get to the quarterback quickly, their secondary is going to be exposed. Definitely, hundred percent. All right. So now we move to the wild card teams in the NFC. My three wild card teams in the NFC. The Seahawks, who probably who are going to have a better record than whoever they face, like they had a better record than the Eagles in the uh, first round of the playoffs. The Buccaneers, who I think they'll again they'll they'll be good enough to to, to make the playoffs um, as a wild card, and the Green Bay Packers. That's who I have winning the or being in the wild card for the NFC. 
And I have the Buccaneers because like they will struggle out the gate, but they will pull it together to get like, you know, a nine and seven, a 10 and six type record. Um, the 49ers, because they're going to have this killer record, kind of like we flip flop the Seahawks and the 49ers. The 49ers mm-hmm. are going to have this really good record and probably face a team who they should definitely be just getting the home field we'll over anyways. Yep, exactly. And then I got the Cowboys because I just don't trust the, pay, the uh, Packers after last season. I put a lot in on them, and I want to put a lot of faith into Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if I have a lot of faith in that team pulling it together and being together, whereas I see the Cowboys scoring a lot of points. And sometimes in football, like you're just you you see a lot of points get scored and that team does well and we've seen it with a lot of teams where they will just put up a ton of points and they will give up a ton of points but they will Mm -hmm. get the wins and i think the cowboys will end up at eight and eight nine and seven similar to the eagles it's going to be tight at the top of the nfc so we're going to be sweating from week one all the way through to week 17 oh awesome obviously all right now that last but not least drum roll please your super bowl matchup is I got the Seahawks over the Ravens. I love the Seahawks this year. I really do. And I think they're really scary. They got a strong defense. Their offensive line, I get it. It sucks. But look what Carson did last year. Look at what Russell Wilson has done with the crappy offensive line for five, six years. I am not scared of a bad offensive line. This team is going to be good. And then the Ravens, like I said, they're going to be really good. They're going to ride that defense. And the fact that if... That defense is, you're probably going to be hard pressed to score more than a couple touchdowns on that defense, and that offense is easily going to put up at least two touchdowns a game. Okay. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs to win their second Super Bowl in a row to start a dynasty over the New Orleans Saints. And I hate saying that because I hate Saints fans. I hate the Saints. I hate Michael Thomas, all the crying he does on Twitter. But I think this will be the year the Saints finally make it to the Super Bowl, but they're going to lose. It's not even going to be a close game, I don't think. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek, and you, they're on a mission. They want to become the next dynasty in the NFL. So that's why I have. I have Chiefs over Saints. You have Seahawks over Ravens now. And don't get me wrong. The Ravens and Chiefs, I, I jumped back and forth between them all the way leading up to when we came on the air. So <laughs> don't get me wrong. I am very much on the fence still between them and an injury or two to either team mm-hmm. could be what, what pushes me completely to the other side. Yep. I agree. I agree with that. Now, game one, the Philadelphia Eagles and Landover, Maryland against the Washington football team. We will give our so predictions pumped. at the so end. So so pumped. It's finally here. Hopefully we get good from here until February, whatever day the Super Bowl is, with no interruptions, nothing happening. Give me your biggest keys to the game, your biggest matchup, and then at the after I do mine, at the end we'll do our predictions. Well, I just put matchups for me. I don't really have any keys to That's the fine. game. That's I fine. think you can connect the dots with this. And this is my favorite matchup, baby. Ronald Darby versus John Hightower. <laughs> I think that will be the matchup. Carson and Wentz is going to be salivating. Oh, As yes. long as the offensive line can block. Carson Wentz. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. As long as they can, but John Hightower, he's fast, man. That's four, four speed. All it takes is give him two or three seconds in the back and Hightower will be 15 yards down the field and we'll be, we'll be rolling. Mm -hmm. So I got that matchup because how many times did we watch Darby get completely burned last year? And now it's either, it's not a guarantee that it's Hightower that he faces, 
but uh, flip the coin, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah. Either way, he's getting burned because mm-hmm. one of these two is going to run all over them. If not, both of them will run all over him. Unless he chickens out week. and covers like Ortega Whiteside or something. Yeah, that too. Then, But then the jump ball, I trust Ortega Whiteside to out-jump Ronald Darby. And out- he might out-jump him, but can Darby. he catch it? Yeah, that's a big thing, too. But I guess that kind of leads me into the keys to the game. How is this wide receiving core going to do? That mm-hmm. is one of the big matchups for me. Um, second is the Eagles offensive line versus the Washington defensive line. We, we already alluded to it earlier in the episode. That defensive line is going to be tough to stop in Washington. The good thing is that they're not necessarily very strong anywhere else along the defensive side of the ball. So as long as we can get a good two to two, three seconds, that might be all it takes for Carson Wentz to find someone or to check down and to make a play happen. So uh, those are the two things for me. How is this new receiving core going to do? Um, and then the Eagles offensive line versus Washington's defensive line. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder in terms of the offensive line versus the defensive line. That's that's where it comes down to the trenches. And that's that's key. Um, you you kind of said all the, the same things that I would say. You have to be able to block them, give Carson Wentz time, open up holes for Miles Sanders and the running backs to uh, make plays. And also, you know, it's going to come down to not allowing Dwayne Haskins to get comfortable. So the Eagles defensive line, they have to get pressure. Um, Jim Schwartz is going to have to call some blitzes every once in a while. Don't, you know, stick there and play regular, like don't play regular defense. Find a way to, to confuse Dwayne Haskins. Uh, We saw what Terry McLaurin was able to do against us. Now we didn't have the, the secondary that we have now, I mean, a cornerback anyway with Darius Slay, but find a way, you know, to create havoc in that backfield. And these young running backs for Washington, we know nothing about them. Without Adrian Peterson, you know, it's going to be what, Antonio Gibson? Um, they put Bryce J.D. Love. McKissick as the number one oh, right absolutely. now. Yeah, so it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, we don't know anything about not seeing preseason games. What, what is Ron Rivera going to do? What is that mm-hmm. offense going to look like? So it's all new, so it's going to be interesting. I'm just excited for football. I, I, we say it time and time again, but getting football Definitely. back is just the number one thing, I think, for both of us. Yep, definitely. I completely agree with that. I am. I couldn't be more excited. All right, so another drum roll. Your prediction for the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington football team. I just wanted to point one more thing out, too, because yeah. I think it's another key is that right guard position and yeah, who is going to play. Pryor. It's probably going to be Matt Pryor, but they've thrown around Matt Pryor, Nate Herbig, Jack Driscoll, his name. So that'll be yeah. definitely really interesting to see what happens there and who keeps that position, because I don't necessarily believe Matt Pryor takes it and keeps it and yeah. wins over the coaching staff. Um but otherwise, uh, my prediction, I man, we have been just all over Washington in the last couple of years. So yeah. I definitely am going with a win here. I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling like a, a 31 to 10 type score. I'm feeling a pretty good beatdown coming on. And Carson Wentz having a lot of fun with his new toys. And for anyone who plays fantasy, someone posted this on Twitter, and this was super Junior interesting. Fantasy. <laughs> In the last two years, when facing the Washington Redskins, bear in mind who he's been throwing the ball to in some of these games. Carson Wentz averages over 20 points per game, fantasy points per game. So put Carson Wentz in your lineups and ride him to a big victory in week one for Philly. All uh, right, so while the Eagles have owned 
I'm going to use the word owned um, the Redskins. We saw the two games last year. Redskins were up, what, 17 nothing on the Eagles in week one. The Eagles had to have a Greg Ward touchdown at the end um, to, to beat Washington in Washington last year. So it's probably most likely not going to be a blowout. Maybe not. Maybe at the end, like a final, a late, a late score, a defensive score or something, uh, the Eagles will will be be out in front big. But it's going to be a close game, especially week one. And again, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep reiterating this. We have no idea what Washington's going to look like. Heck, being in Philly, we have no idea what the Eagles are going to look like. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the Eagles are going to win. Um, I think it's going to be like a 24-14 type of game. I don't even, I don't know how Washington's going to score 14. Um, but I think the Eagles are going to win, start the season 1-0, and start their ride to defending their division championship. Definitely. Uh, we can definitely agree on a victory in favor of the Eagles this week. Um, and, I mean, I guess for me, the, the big thing in those games last year was how bad our secondary was and how Terry McLaurin was able to just feast. And I think Darius Slay will definitely put that to bay this year. And that uh, hopefully means a nice win, a comfortable win, and a good start to the season for us. 100% agreed, Connor. I am ex- so thrilled, so excited. Cannot wait for Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. your time. Um, hopefully the baby is in your arms watching as, as he becomes a big Eagles fan himself. Um, but the Philadelphia Eagles are back. The NFL is back. We cannot wait for it to get started again. Follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Uh, put a bunch of new uh, notes. We, you know, we give our opinions about things. Uh, we'll, we'll post the, the episodes get posted. You can follow Connor at Connor 10. That's Connor T E N and follow me at LJ Harrell. 54. Connor, any final words before we finish off? Definitely not. I Let's just hope for, for a safe and healthy NFL season completed in its entirety. That is yeah. all I want, and that is all that America and a lot more Canadians than you would think need right about now. I 1,000% agree with you. I can't wait. So, for Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.